Welcome to The Green Rush, a podcast about the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. On a weekly basis, hosts Ann Donahoe and Louis Goldberg of KCSA Strategic Communications speak with the business leaders, financial experts, cultural icons, legislators, and generally interesting people moving the cannabis industry forward. This week, Lewis and Ann are joined by show producer Nick Opich and KCSA's managing director Phil Carlson to round out a nice chat about what happened for legal cannabis in 2019 and what's likely to go down in 2020. We're now more than 100 episodes in here at The Green Rush and look forward to adding another 50 or so in the new year. And we could not have done that without you, our listeners. So thanks for being awesome. Now on to our conversation with Anne, Lewis, Nick, and Phil. And we are recording. Good stuff. Um, welcome to the 2019 wrap-up of the Green Rush podcast. I'm Lewis Goldberg, and along with Anne Donahoe, we host this show uh, that we think sits at the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. Each week, we talk with some of the most interesting people pushing the cannabis industry forward, and 2019 has been quite the year. We've seen increases, massive increases in the sales of legal cannabis across the country, but we have also seen some serious slowdowns in the capital markets, the legislative and regulatory landscape, and the prospects for 2020 seem mixed from a political perspective, from a business perspective, um, and today we are doing our hostful episode. Um, it's a wrap-up of 2020 and of uh, looking forward to 2019. Um, we are joined by Nick Opich, producer of The Green Rush, um, and by Phil Carlson, who heads up KCSA's cannabis investor relations practice. Um, so, Anne, what was the biggest story in 2019 that took you completely by surprise? Oh, well, my the story that I want to talk about didn't well, I don't know. Maybe it did take people by surprise, but we um, just came. We're off of MJ Biz, and uh, we were um, in a, in one of the sessions there. And I thought that someone went through. Um, it was actually the Ianthus folks um, went through some of the deals that that have happened or have not happened. I think the the more interesting news is the deals that didn't happen. So we thought that t 2019 would be the, the year of M&A and, and all this stuff. And there's a slide up there that, you know, he, there's really only one deal that closed. Um, and it was the uh, MPX Ianthus deal there. You know, all of these deals well, are pending. Oh, Forefront Canex too. Yeah. Um, I think they did this at, as, I don't know how they ranked it here, but um, there were more deals that were. Oh, I'm also lying. Kronos and and Lord Jones, but like the but the the fact that there are so many pending and repriced deals and other deals that have been terminated, um, I think are really interesting and kind of indicative of the really crappy market we saw. And 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 there are a bunch of deals that are either stuck up in the Hart Scott Rodino review, or you know we're seeing deals that have been walked away from, like the Pharmacan deal. Yeah. Phil, I mean, there was Viero in, in Florida. There's a lot of these deals that have that are still waiting to get done. You know, you have like the Cresco Origin House deal that's still in flux. You have. Um, you think that'll get done? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Personal reasons aside, but um, you know, let, let, what else? The grassroots. Well, there's, there's, there's grassroots and select Cura, Cura, and then there's select and Cura. I mean, Cura, Cura Leaf has been well. The Cura Leaf Acres cleaner. deal actually didn't. I think that closed this morning, right? 
Am I, if I'm not wrong, I think I think that closed this morning. So we there's... are recording this on um, December 19th. So quite possibly. <laughs> Is that, uh, do you have one of those Doc Brown time machines that lets you yeah. go forward and back? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> With the uh, flux capacitor. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, for me, what I what I thought was mind blowing this year was like the the vaping crisis. Like, who saw that coming out of you know coming out of left field, right? All this black market crap that's out there. Um, it's um, it's certainly caught everybody by surprise, and a lot of these companies are taking it on the chin. But um, I think we're past that now. I think we've seen the bottom of that. Uh, really? Illicit market. Phil vaping. Carlson sees the bottom. Well, you're calling on the vaping crisis. Uh, on the crisis. vaping crisis. Right. Not, I'm, yeah, that, I know. I, I still don't agree I think with we're that. Getting, I think we're getting past that. So why do you not think that way? Because there... The reality is that there there isn't enough retail in all these different states. There isn't enough products for people to get their hands on. Like, no, I'm talking about the crap that's out there on the street. Like yeah, the but it's still gonna it's still gonna get out yeah, there. Yeah, but There's the still... black market in California is nine billion, uh, right? There's yeah, no better. And that that's just the the illicit market in California right. is huge, and then the illicit market in, everywhere in the Midwest, the East Coast, everywhere. It's it's people are gonna get their hands on these products no matter what. People are gonna put whatever they want in these products to be able to sell them more. It doesn't. It's well, not going to yeah, go away. The profit until... incentive for the illicit market to use whatever they can um, is still there, right? And even in the in the legal markets like California, where the tax regime is messed up and where the incentive structures to get people from the, the gray and illicit market into the regulated market, are, it's just too expensive. So they're going to continue to do what they're going to do. And until there is, until people realize two things: one, they can get safe tested product in legal dispensaries, um, and that the prices in the legal dispensaries are equivalent or lower than the the gray market. People are still going to buy shit that's going to get them sick. Yeah, it's all going to be about price. If the price of legal products is going to be you know through the roof because these companies are forced to pay all these taxes on stuff. Like my friends aren't going to be going to the dispensaries to buy their to buy their cartridges and stuff. They're going to be talking to your friends. Where do you have friends? Are they down in Washington Square Park? Yeah, you know we got a WhatsApp group. We find our stuff. Don't worry about it. Um, Nick, let's stick with you for a second. You know, over the last seven, eight years, it seemed like there's been this inexorable march from a regulatory and legislative perspective towards adult use legalization passing everywhere. Um, and there was the assumption that New York State and New York, New Jersey would get it done this year. And they both shit the bed. Um, we spoke with State Senator Liz Kruger a couple times over the last two years. And she was just all in on believing that New York would get it done in 2019. You know, Governor Phil Murphy in New Jersey put tremendous political capital behind getting that state's, uh, my state's, our state's, legislation done and now it's been kicked down the road um to a, 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 a the state vote the state, yeah, the state vote, vote next, next year November, in 2020 yeah. far um, cry from that first hundred days for phil murphy yeah so do you think you know that that the the this inexorable march of cannabis regulation has stopped or is this just a hiccup in 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 this in this process i think i think that the the problem is that these legislators have for so many years and for the longest time run on these platforms that, you know, they want to keep drugs off the street. They want to keep people healthy. But the reality is they don't know how to do that and they don't know how to regulate this market that they've never seen before. And so 
now you have it where, yeah, it's great that New Jersey wants to, you know, add a social uh, responsibility component to this and try and give minorities these jobs. But, you know, we still need to make incremental pro progress on this and actually get the market started so that when these uh, minorities that want to own these different types of businesses in these states, they actually have to they actually have something to enter into. You know, if it's not set up, if it's not functioning properly and you put it all on them to have to build it like they, nothing's going to ever happen. And so. You know, I think we're at this point where it's real easy for politicians to say that they're in favor of cannabis. We saw Cuomo do it last year, or do the governor's race. Yeah. He, he he said it, it because lukewarm. Cynthia Nixon, yeah. Yeah. Cynthia yeah, Nixon yeah. put him on it. Yeah. And then what did he do in 2019? As Liz Kruger said, he didn't. If he would have said one positive thing about like that he was going to support the legislation, she was convinced that it was going to pass. He never did that, but he absolutely did it on the on the campaign trail for uh, this term like said he was going to support it and then he didn't do anything about it so phil you 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 uh made mention to me this morning about what's going on for, at the federal level that the the safe banking act looks like it's in trouble what does that mean what is it beyond that it's in trouble i mean you understand what's going on from a financial perspective in this market so if safe banking dies what happens to it's Canada? not necessarily dead but it's just know, mostly dead it's um on life support well, no, it's there's a, a lot of hoops to, to go through. Um, you know, I think it means that you're still going to see some of these. Uh, what's the right word? Awful deals, uh, <laughs> awful terms on some of these uh, these deals, these capital raises that are getting done. Um, you know, I see a lot of these guys that st some of these companies that wanted to go public are now going to have to postpone those plans even longer um, just because it's easier for them to access capital in the private markets than it is to access in the you know the public uh, capital market so who knows it, it, you know we thought there was going to be a ton of m a in 1919 I think you're going to see even more in 2020 20, because what? No, 1919. Yes. You know, Did I say 1919? 100 years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. That's okay, you know. Well, there's this movie coming out, 1917. Oh, I'm watching that's amazing. Right? I have some questions about what you guys are looking forward to just in mass media. So. It looks really good. So um, maybe I had that on my mind. Uh, but uh, so hey, 2019. And the guys 20... coming out of the World War One needed this for PTSD anyway. <laughs> right. So, um, But 2020, you're going to see some of these publicly traded companies that can be bought for the price of a hot dog out there, and it's going to be, um, you know, you're, they're going to get gobbled with up. without mustard? <laughs> with. Um, so, you know, 2019 was definitely challenging. Let's see what 2020 has to, what 2020 brings. Well, let's, let's, let me stick with you for a second. So 2017, 2018, the cannabis uh, stocks were going gangbusters, right? You know, they had one direction, which was up. Um, and that was a function of a lot of things. It was, they were story stocks. Um, they had access to to easy capital. The growth prospects were amazing. We had all of these states coming online. You know, everybody was just talking about cannabis. Um, and then March, April of this year happened. And I'm not sure what happened in March or April. But since then, cannabis stocks have been on uh, kind of an inexorable march down. You know, the general markets are up massively this year. 20, 25 percent, but the cannabis markets are off 60 or 70 percent. What the hell happened? Capital crunch. People did not have access to easy money. You know, that's why these rip your face off deals have been happening throughout the year. 
And um, it's going to continue that way until we can find some sort of federal legislation that makes it easier for these guys to access cheaper money. And um, is it going to happen anytime soon? I, you know, if I had a crystal ball, I would be a very wealthy man. But um, I don't know what – who knows what's going to happen over the next six months. But I think as you see some of these bigger companies start putting out numbers in Q1 and Q2 and they're looking more and more positive, I think – Hopefully, it starts to sway in, in our favor, and um, we can see you know some of these stocks start to rise, um, and more institutions will come in here and start buying some of these bigger names. But I think it's going to take some time. You know, we need some of these bigger guys to actually start showing some real numbers, and then I think with M and A coming out and with the M and A that's going to happen in 2020, is that um, a good thing? Do you guys think that that? The the big companies merging or bigger companies buying brands is good for the consumer, it's good for the industry, or is it just a way for them to pad their balance sheets and show some sort of forward progress to uh, the stock markets, to the capital markets, to the analyst community? This is anybody. I don't know. I feel like isn't it kind of also a sign of a healthy capital environment? Like not necessarily healthy in that you know it's it's we have the cannabis industry has access to channels that other companies I'm sorry take that back other companies have access to capital that the cannabis markets don't necessarily do but I feel like isn't it more of a democratic process that you know these companies are kind of shaking out finding out like you know who wants to buy who I feel like it's more of a um, it's it's a healthy we'll look back on this and think that this was probably healthy because there are probably some real dogs out there. The strong players are gonna stay. Yeah, the weak and, guys and are gonna get kicked to the curb. This is kind of part of the shakeout. But is M right? A part of that? I mean I think you know, so. Yes. I, I I do. I you know, it's um what what are these guys gonna do? They just they run out of money and then they can't well, they can't file for bankruptcy. Nope. So they're gonna go sell themselves off for parts. Or they just right? go away. So I think it's better so for the MA. Talk about a little bit about why they can't file for bankruptcy. Uh, I'm happy to. I mean, if you had listened, if to our loyal listeners who have who are listened to every episode, we had Michael Schwam on from Dwayne Morris a couple weeks ago. I um, mean, he walked it through. But the 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 fundamental issue is because cannabis is still federally illegal, um, bankruptcy is a federal process, and you can't file in federal bankruptcy court for for protection. Um, you know, I, I, as you guys all know, I think about the the macro trends that are impacting on the cannabis industry a lot, and I've talked about it on our podcast. I've talked about it on some other people's podcasts. More importantly, I've talked to to our clients, to reporters and analysts. Um, it, you know, this capital crunch is a bad thing, not only for these companies from a, a public markets perspective, but it costs a lot of money to build out. Uh, you know, a vertically integrated cannabis company on a state-by-state basis. Um, you know, this week uh, we we published our interview with um, the guys from Redbird, from Bill Thurman from Redbird, and Redbird is just absolutely killing it in Oklahoma. Most of the other MSOs, the big MSOs, have licenses in Oklahoma, and they are not building out their footprint in that state, even though there is a massive potential there. The attraction is huge. The state has reciprocity with Texas. So if you get a light, if you have a, a medical card in Texas, you can cross the border into Oklahoma and get THC product that you can't get in that state. But they, because they don't have the money 
to actually build out a grow, to build out a processing facility, to build out dispensaries, it's limiting patient access to product. It's limiting adult use in adult use states access to product. And it's limiting their ability to grow top line. So this... Um, this capital crunch really is is bad for everybody, not just for the companies and the shareholders in these companies. It's bad for the actual cannabis consumer, whether you're a medical consumer or adult use consumer. And that's the thing that, that has been really like, how do we get out of this? It seems like this vicious cycle that we're going to continue to spin down until there's some sort of regulatory change. Right. Uh, we had I had a debate um, two months ago with um oh what's adam's last name from oregon um who's craft cannabis alliance smith? adam smith from the craft cannabis alliance about interstate commerce and i was definitely worth a listen please go back and listen to that yeah that was on um yeah. marijuana today you know i still believe that this is years away he believe he and i have a bet he thinks it's going to happen next year i think it's three to five years at that he thinks that interstate commerce passes in 2020. I could see that. I could see interstate commerce happening before any kind of like banking legislation. Like, you know, federally, it has to be done at the federal level, right? Interstate commerce is, is um, or maybe it's not a real law, but something similar to like the coal memo, where it's like the federal government's not going to intervene if, if, you know, the states like Oregon and Oklahoma want to want to create a deal where they can, you know, if that happens, I owe Adam a dollar. Right? <laughs> I was there. I saw the bet. Um, you only bet a buck. That's, that's all he wanted. <laughs> that's all he wanted. You know, Phil but, missing Vegas already. <laughs> <laughs> Phil doesn't need to be in Vegas to place a bet. I can promise you on that. Um, you know, but but until there's these regulatory changes. These companies, we are all in this this kind of netherworld of it's happening, it's moving forward. You know, I keep saying that what happened today was more people bought legal weed uh, than did yesterday. The same thing will happen tomorrow, and that's for the foreseeable future because the illicit market is still three to four times the size of the legal market. And as more stores open up and more states come online, more people will buy legally. But it's slower than I think any of us expected from a um, a footprint footprint perspective. And you look at Massachusetts. Look at Canada. Look at Canada. Ontario's a, a, Ontario's a what twenty five, right? And so the, just think of this: twenty five percent of the country, or something. Well, no, no, it's this, more isn't it like twenty five dispensaries in, across Ontario total legal right? that are open? Yes, and legal there's ones. like four or. I, I know two that are in downtown Toronto: the mm -hmm. Honey Pot and the Nova Place, but I. I, I, there may be five. Tokyo Smoke. Or, um, well, I don't You're know talking if about one of a that are, major that are, North American city this that is has Toronto. five legal dispensaries, right? In Stillwell, Oklahoma, there are 4,500 people in this town. There are five dispensaries open in this town. Now, and it's in an economically depressed area, and they have five dispensaries, and they can't keep stuff on the shelves. Like, I, I don't know why Canada can't get their shit together. I, it's it's mind-blowing. Alberta is doing much better than all the other provinces you know fire and flower are, are doing well up there but it's like i don't understand why these guys just can't it takes bold political leadership you need to have somebody that actually wants to champion it and isn't doing it just for the votes i mean that that's what largely i think the last two they decades were shipping it through the mail <laughs> like who like yeah, who's Shopify. the idiot who put you all this it. stuff together up there it's you buy you it you had to put it through the mail like i it's God. unbelievable. I mean, you listen when, to... When's you, our Christmas party? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Times it start. Exactly. <laughs>
So something momentous happened yesterday, which was the president was impeached. Um, what role, if any, does this play in 2020 when it comes to cannabis policy? I, I think it gets lost. I mean, I, th I would love to see, you know, we, we've talked about this before. Chris Crane has written about it before that this could, you know, the Democrats have not been traditionally great on this issue. No, they've you been know? traditionally great on this no, issue. They just haven't been. No, but if you go back, well, then why isn't it done? Why wasn't it done under the Obama administration? So they haven't been that great. They Because there's no political capital right. behind and it. And so I don't know that that necessarily changes. And I think everyone is, is going to be so distracted. And, and I don't know. I. Uh, yeah, I agree. Legislation's going to be at a standstill yeah. next year. Nothing's going to get through the Senate that Mitch McConnell doesn't already Moscow support. Moscow Mitch? Yeah, he's not, he's not going to bring up anything for a vote that isn't already... I love Phil's <laughs> eye rolls when I say I'm shit gonna like that. I'm going to let you guys over here yeah. talk You're going to let the lefties way. talk? Yeah, and, and, let the lefties and, talk over here. That's yeah. okay. And it, right now, like the Republican side seeing it as this is something that the, the Democratic presidential candidates are talking about, they want to do it. And so he, like they're not going to they're not going to support it. If it's if it's something that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren think can like provide them political capital, they're going to ignore it. They're going to shut it down and they're going to they're going to talk about how, you know, we need to do more research. They're going to keep punting the football. Do you well, really think those two stand a chance? Actually, never mind. Let's move on to the next question. <laughs> I don't want to get into this right now. Um, and earlier this year, we recorded our 100th episode, which for me is a, is a big deal. It meant it means a lot to me when you came up with the idea. And, and just full disclosure, the idea behind the Green Rush was Anne's. Um, well, it wasn't this. It evolved to this. It well, was like a seed of a. But the idea of doing a podcast was yours. And it was supposed to be just you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was supposed to be behind the scenes. Yes, which I'm glad that it's and not just the EP. Me. <laughs> yes, which I would have been very happy with. But you know, we've now passed a hundred thousand downloads. Um, it's it's pretty freaking amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, I I can talk about what this has meant to me. But what has two years of recording this podcast meant to you? Um, it's been amazing. And I think, um, you know, like I said, I wasn't supposed to be on the mic with you. You kind I'm of not supposed to be working. Today. It. <laughs> yeah. And um, it made me get out of my comfort zone because I'm a very happy behind the scenes player. Um, I don't you know, I I'm a little on the shy side, I think, sometimes. So um, this is definitely a new you skill do set do for me for a living. I know. But I but my clients should shine, not me. Um, and so this has been definitely, it's, it's been new for me. It made, it's made me grow, I think as a professional, um, you know, and I have a newfound respect for the reporters I work with on a daily basis. Nick, you've been with us pretty much since the beginning on the show. What is, what has been doing this meant to you? Um, and Phil, I'm not going to ask you cause you can go, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Phil's just our, you know, he's our hired gun every once in a yeah. while. Um, it's been great. It's it's been really well just like being able to work closely with both of you guys. You know, I work with you on like our regular teams all the time. So being able to do a, a fun thing that's just our focus project is a, is a blast. But then it also gives us a lot of opportunity when like we go to these different com conferences to help support just KCSA, being able to speak with really interesting people. Like we got what well, we got Mike Tyson on this year. Like being able, like one of my favorite episodes um, was when we spoke with Liz Kruger, like being able to actually speak with these politicians and, and get their per real perspectives on it. I'm like, OK, here's no the actual conversations that we're having in the House about how this is going to get passed. Like, that's amazing. Like we got to meet uh, Earl Blumenauer this year when we were in uh, when that we went to cool. D.C. for the May event. Like Tom I don't Dashiell, which yeah. we haven't played yet. But yeah, yeah we spoke with him in, in Vegas this year. And so 
you know, it, being able to to do all this stuff. Like I'm a big political junkie. Like as much as it's depressing to talk about politics all the time, that's what I studied and it's what I originally wanted to do when I was getting into work. So being able to combine. Well, like, you do that with this. Job. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I get to do now is like cannabis policy, and that's what I have been trying to do since 2010. So you know, it it's a lot of fun. I'm excited to do 100 more episodes with you guys. You know. Oh my god. <laughs> that makes me so tired. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> Nick. I you know, too. <laughs> what, what are you Nick, looking for? Nick, meet Phil. Phil, meet Nick. <laughs> <laughs> we'll working together for two years. Our office is like right across from each other, but um, cool. <laughs> you know, 2019 was a challenging year, right? It, it has been, for, for most people who are not in the industry, they don't understand what's going on. They just see, oh, a store opened up and I can go in and buy a joint or an edible or something. Um, I have a lot of hope for 2020 across the board and lots of different things. And I'm happy to talk about that. But what are you, what are you most looking forward to from a cannabis perspective in 2020? I'm excited about watching what happens in Illinois and Michigan. I think those states are, are going to be really interesting, you know, litmus tests for, okay, how does the cannabis market start to move east? As much as it's like, yeah, the, the Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Maryland markets are, are kind of, doing okay when it comes to medical like these are going to be the first like non-west coast states to really fully integrate um legalized cannabis and so we've seen a lot of excitement already um michigan's already legal chicago um illinois is going to go legal on january 1 let's see how those operate in this first year i think illinois is going to be a nightmare just because of a lack of supply lack of retailers and stuff but Give it six months. Also, the limited number of, of dispensary licenses. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be tough there, but watching, like, how are these politicians, how are these businesses going to be adaptable to what the what the market's looking for, you know, I think that's going to start providing, like, a clearer view, okay, when New York and New Jersey start going legal, here's, like, a model that they can follow without having to fall into, like, the same traps that, like, Oregon and Nevada did. Phil, what are you most looking forward to in the coming year? My virtual conference on January 9th. You, 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 can, you can go to virtualinvestorconferences.com. We have a great roster already uh, lined up. Um, Plugs is for the end, <laughs> Yes. No, I, obviously, Illinois and Michigan. Uh, well, Michigan is already off and running, but uh, wow. Illinois for, for sure, um, and then New Jersey. You know, I, I Massachusetts. Live Look, Massachusetts is going to actually come online. It's, it's already here. online, but I'm saying stuff. No, there's that's, like twelve stores or something open. Yeah, but you know, it, when we were at the Cowan Conference, we could have taken the train and been at a dispensary in 25 minutes. So it's not. You can go to them in in, um, in Massachusetts, but New Jersey. I, I really want to see what happens, um, given the fact that I live in a state. So does Lou. Um, you know, I. That turns, that takes everybody else, right? New York, Connecticut, Pennsylvania. Ohio, everybody. I, yeah, I, I think this is the Either New York or New Jersey goes, it, it is the domino that finishes it off. And, you know, Chris Lotlicker, who was, uh, is a friend of, of ours and is one of the founders of SSDP, he thinks that, that we can get um, enough states this year to pass that, that it will force federal... A federal change um you know we sit at the intersection of cannabis the capital markets and culture let's talk culture for a second um so, phil what's in your stocking stuffer or what's your what's in your stocking from uh, from cannabis santa this year is it does it have to be cannabis because i have tickets to star wars tomorrow 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as you take a chiller beforehand, you're good to no, go. You I, no, you want to remember no, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but seriously, like, is there a product? Is there something that you haven't tried in cannabis that you're looking forward to trying next year? Mom, turn this off. <laughs> uh, well, well, I, I'll answer Can we this, talk right? about Lewis's dabbing? Oh my God! Extravaganza. So when you call my phone, this, I have a picture of you that shows up. It's great. Is it of, me, of, of me at the, at the, <laughs> the MJ, the MJ Biz. Oh, great! Thank you. Thanks, Ann. You're welcome. Um, I actually want to try one of the drinks. Right? Everybody's been talking this year. We've talked with Sebastian. Saint, no, I haven't. Well, but but we've like talked to guys from Hexo. We've talked to a lot of other good. people who are really all in on cannabis drinks. And I'm dubious. Like I'm balance. Their technology, their source technology is phenomenal. You know, right. it's every sip that you have is this. You know, it's the same amount of THC across the entire bottle. So it's. How did that make you? Like, how did it hit you different than like an edible would hit you? Uh, well, so the Lagunitas one that I had, yeah, I have yeah. not had the the. Oh, the one okay. using the source technology, but the uh, the Lagunitas one, it, like it tells you there's 10 milligrams across the whole thing. So I drink like a third of it at a time. I'm Bullshit. like, I'm not kidding. That's what I would do because I tried it with my uh, with my wife when we were in Napa, and I'm like, I I, I, I drank a third of it. And I'm like, oh, this isn't hitting me yet. You know how it is. Another third. I'm like, all right, honey, before better. we head to the yeah, before we head to the winery, let me have another. Let me finish this off. Shotgun one, but it was like it was very light, very mild. It was you know it. It's not like that stuff that we had in Denver that where everything sat at the end. Remember that, that ginger ale? Oh, that was horrible. It was terrible. It was so that bad. Was horrible. Well, do you think that, because um, there's a lot of people that are all in this beverage like bandwagon. And Canada I loves it. See, the U.S., I don't know. I, because I just don't see socially, like like you're saying, you're, you're, you're sitting back, relaxing, but you're making sure you're drinking a third of your drink. But like, that's, that's the not how one. you consume. You're right. Like a social, right. Like I'm not going to drink my glass of wine tonight and be like, I'm only having a third for the first hour to see how it hits me. It's just functionally a different um, thing. Like, and I just, I'm not sure that I see the big beverage boom happening in cannabis. I agree with you. I think it's, I just don't get it, but I want to try it. I want to be, I want to, I want to see if there's the, someone send us some. I disagree. I think you're going to see more people gravitate towards that. You know, uh, listen, if you're out and you're having whatever, eight drinks in a night over like a six hour span, Just say you're out with your Party girlfriend. Phil. Yeah. So I'm just. Well, I'm, I'm just going off. I'm just going off what Nick was doing in, in Vegas. <laughs> just going off what Nick was doing in Vegas. But um, I, I think you know you wake up with a nasty hangover. With these, I know these you with a hangover after two or three. So. With these cannabis drinks, you don't you don't end up with that. So it's uh, you know. But I think the learning curve is going to be huge. Like, how many people well, are agree. you going to get to be like? Well, they are arguing that the, the the onset is faster, right? I mean, that's what Valens talks about. That's yeah. what Hexer yes. talks about. That's what what Canopy and Constellation are talking about. That the onset is five to ten minutes, similar to alcohol. So you won't consume what I did at when I hosted the the infused oh. dinner a couple of years ago, where I literally face planted. <laughs> um, you know, just, just all the embarrassing stories for Lewis. Yeah, right now. <laughs> and and I'll, I'm a you know open book baby. I have no problem. Um, yeah. So, is the purpose of the drinks though to actually like convince like regular users like us 
uh, that have been, you know, either smoked cannabis or, or enjoy it through the edible form? Or is it more going to be targeted towards people that have never really tried cannabis? It's going to be an introduction for them to do it without necessarily having to no. take yeah, a gummy like, or, or smoking. Like I think OGs that's who the market being is. like, I'm not going to smoke this joint. I'm going to have this. I think the goal is to instead. make it a bigger market out there. Well, it's no, not I it's I think that, it's really also to make it people to make a big leap. There's the, there needs to be a layer of education that just isn't there right now. It's to make it socially acceptable, right? It is socially acceptable to go into a, a bar and have a, a martini or a Moscow mule or a beer or a glass of wine. And the goal I think is to make it similarly similarly socially acceptable to go and have a cannabis drink, right? Cannabis is my intoxicant of choice. I don't like getting drunk. I hate being hungover. So I choose to eat an edible or smoke because it makes me feel good. And the next day I can get up at, at 5 o'clock in the morning and go exercise and not be hungover. Right? That's fine. You can stop lying about the exercising, dude. All right. Oh, dude. <laughs> dude, I was at the gym at 5.30 this morning with my trainer. You can ask him. So, um, all right. Let's let's stick on uh, culture. 2020. Uh, 2020. What is the thing from a cultural perspective? It can be cannabis. It can be anything. Like, what are you guys looking forward to? Oh my God, Anne's eyes got wide. I, know, I wasn't Don't, prepared I, for yes, this. Yes, it's like it's like. First a, of all, we didn't. All, we also didn't get the script or the questions till five seconds before we walked in. So. I just found out we were recording this as I walked in. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I sent you a calendar invite. You should have known. It was it was on our calendars, yes. Uh so culturally I think, you know, going bold, I think we're gonna start seeing like national sports leagues actually embrace. Oh, I cannabis. like that one. I think, you know, we're gonna start seeing like uh, Major League Baseball, which already announced that they're gonna no longer test their minor yeah. leaguers for for cannabis, we're gonna see them be more open to sponsorships. Well, there was the sport. The I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, but there's now there was a role, a sports partnerships role, partnership role at I think it was Aurora. So like these yeah, jobs are yeah are yeah, now so. becoming mainstream. So that's really interesting. Yeah, sorry, it, I yeah, but we're, yeah, I think Aurora and UFC was the first major one that we're gonna see. Um, but I think you know, especially like a league like the MLS, I could see jumping behind this. Just they're looking f to to stand out amongst the, amongst the crowd. You could see the NHL do the same thing. You know. Um, NFL is going to have the uh, collective bargaining agreement up, and you know there's a lot of momentum. It seems like that cannabis is going to become an acceptable thing, so that you know these players don't get fined, suspended anymore. And it seems like the league's actually open to that. So I think culturally, that's where we're going to see cannabis start to enter the mainstream conversation is getting in through that sports avenue. I didn't realize that there are 30 major league soccer teams. They're open, they're they're putting one in Charlotte now, right? <laughs> yeah, 30. I thought there was like six teams. They outdraw the NBA and the NHL. Really? On average, the average MLS game has a higher attendance than the average M N A uh, NBA or NHL game. The, that, the Newark Stadium is sold out. So I went to LAFC. It was bonkers. Filled to the brim. And yeah, yeah. it was an amazing experience. Well, if they bring a team to Welcome Buffalo, to I will support <laughs> the States. All um, Buffalo, all the time. Yeah, it's too, it's, nope, nobody actually wants to play in Buffalo. <laughs> well, Lewis, I want to pose it to you. What do you? How do you think cannabis is going to impact culturally in 2020? I actually think it's going to be part of the Democratic platform, um, whoever the candidate is, um, unless it's uh, right now. It's table stakes for all the. Yeah, it's, it's table stakes. Yeah. I actually think it will be part of the platform. Um, that uh, whether it's federal legalization or states' rights when it comes to this, the real question is how much of a draw for voters will it be. Um, 
uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's it, for the younger voters, the like eighteen to thirty-five. I bet you it has only pulled. You know, and, and now one of the things that I learned when we were in Vegas um, at the and doing the the marijuana today round show or you know roundup podcast um, was that no state had passed uh, cannabis legislation through a re- public referendum and got more than like fifty-four percent. Right. So it's not like you're seeing, you know, 60, 70 percent vote. And um, I don't know how powerful the cannabis voter is. You know, it's we are not a single voter block, but I do believe it's going to be part of the the platform um, unless it's Joe Biden or unless it's uh, Mike Bloomberg. Please, no more old white men. Come on, we can do better. Um, But. You know, I think it is an important thing, um, and I think we'll see New Jersey come online. I think that New York will get it done, um, and I think that Massachusetts and Maine will surprise this year with the robustness of their markets. I really do. Um, And the other thing is I think that we will see some sort of mainstream television show – ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, or the there was one on Showtime. Called yeah, Weeds. No, <laughs> mainstream, not not that. I, I you know, but um, Weeds has got a movie coming out too. But but really? we'll see. Yeah, they've got a movie coming out. But I think that we'll see a mainstream like over the air network have some sort of cannabis content involved because it sells. So, all right. What about you, Phil? You're putting me on the spot. On the spot, man. I'll go. I have oh, one. Ooh. I thought of one. She's ready to order, so you can take her I'm order. I'm ready to please. order. Um, I kind of want to see what the what the um, consumption cafes are going to look like, or or like what. Well, you ha- live how, in L.A. Yeah, but and I was supposed to go to the Lowell Cafe, um, and I wound up being sick and I couldn't go, and it was a very. It's my not the Lowell Cafe who, anymore. I know. What is it now? I don't remember. Yeah, changed they the changed the name, but um, they. It was a, it was kind of a mediocre experience. It was like a gee whiz cool, but it was also like they didn't have their. Well, shit we went to a shitty together. one up in uh, San Francisco. Yeah, and like for those of us that don't smoke, like that's that's a tough thing for like like. Is it just smoking all the time? Like, yeah, like and it's yeah. like it's like being in a cigar bar. Um, yeah. So I, so I would like a to see kind of cigar bar. Yeah, like how I mean, it was next to a beautiful dispensary, yeah. right? So I don't know. I would like to see how that shakes out. Who goes and if they actually make money. All right, Phil, your turn. Oh, I get, come on. I gave you a reprieve. You have all this time. I know, but I, I, got, intrigued, I got intrigued. I'm like, where's this place in San Francisco? It's, it's, I can tell you, it's um, called it's the Barbary a, Coast. Yeah, it's on my sticker. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was really fascinating. It was really, I mean, you were able to sit in a public place and just, smoke a joint they had they had bongs they I had think all that's this gonna stuff. be a huge part of of the normalization of it is sure. you know because in vegas you can you can buy it you can but you can't i was just gonna say this because oh, i'm sorry I was... you take it <laughs> <laughs> in vegas i had gone to a dispensary and um i was walking into my hotel and as i was walking to the elevator this guy goes i know what's in that bag go outside and throw it out it's not allowed on the premises and that I'm was like, the win or the encore that was at the encore right really? yep. at the tower suites there but I, you know you can get there by yeah. going through the other elevator bank so i just i was like okay i'll go throw <laughs> it out in the garbage can right out front pal so i walked out took everything out put them in my pockets he was loaded for bear <laughs> threw the bag away and i just went in through the other elevator bank but yeah apparently well, the cleaning ladies didn't care. I had it all over my room. They were just like stacking up. <laughs> Amongst other things, I'm sure. I don't know. That was my, 
my chips. But um, no, um, you know, I, Nick, I like the idea of like where this goes. You know, with the sports teams, I think we need to see more research, right? Because you're seeing a lot of these guys like in the NHL and in the NFL that are with the CTE, and mm-hmm. it's 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 not. You know, these guys are in bad shape, and they need some. They need help. So I think you're going to see, like, I, I agree with you. I think you're going to see more of these major league sports teams start doing more research and, like, start allowing guys mm-hmm. to use this and not, like, ding them for two games or whatever it is, you know, depending on the league, um, if they use it to, you know, help them medicate. You, you know, we talked to a number of guys from sports leagues in the space, mm-hmm. which I did run into Marvin, by the way, at the, at uh, in Vegas. Did it knock you over when you ran into him? He's a big dude. <laughs> He's a big dude. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of these guys, it's helping them out. So, you know, let's see what uh, these sports leagues do. Okay. Guys, um, thank you. Uh, thank you. I really appreciate working with you um it's been a great year i look forward to 2020 and seeing what happens um you know we all have bet large parts of our career on this industry and you know up until this year it has seemed like the smartest thing that you could possibly do and this year has been challenging for for the industry for us as an agency um but Every step that we take forward is in large part because of the three of you, and I really want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays. And thanks holidays. to all of our listeners. And yes. thanks to Shay, who's behind the scenes cutting all these episodes for us. Yes. So. <laughs> yes, and thanks to Shay Gunther, who... We um, checked all our levels today, Shay. We did. So, so one last thing. January 9th, <laughs> vir- Cannabis Virtual Investor Conference. We'll put a link in the show notes. <laughs> we'll hashtag bills, Which we, by the hashtag way, we bills never do. Really? Oh, yeah. If you go back and read the show notes. I feel like I talk about that all the time. Like, yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, you're assuming that somebody's actually paying attention. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So in 2020, we'll have more links in our show notes. Yes. Not necessarily to what we're talking about. We're just going to put the random <laughs> link in random there. Link. Yes, it's all, we're going to Rick roll the shit out of you listeners. <laughs> all right, with that, thank you very much, everybody. <laughs>